Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's been a while, but uh, we're back to talk about Aston Villa. I mean, we've got a game tomorrow. We've uh, had a delay because of the international break. But anyway, I'm James Rushton. I'm joined by Danny Raza. How have things been since we uh, last caught up? Yeah, it's been fine. I mean, I've uh, been trying to keep tabs on this uh, international football. There's been some good games going around, uh, actually, to to kind of to kind of look at. Um, a lot of countries seem to be playing in different countries. There doesn't. There seems to be a lot of neutral games going around. It's all this sort of preparation for for Russia, essentially, where where teams aren't going to be playing at home. Uh, so I think one weird one, for example, was obviously I live around about a 25, 30-minute walk from Old Trafford. And we yes. had, obviously, Italy and Argentina coming down. Of course, no Villa players in the Italy or Argentina side, so we're not going to be breaking that one down. But, yeah, it's been a strange international break, if dotted around with a lot of nil-nils and, and one-nils. Yes, yeah, strange. Um, our friend Jack Grimsey, of course, now of Copa 90, uh, saw Peru play Iceland in New York City. So we got to see Biakir Bjarnason play uh, of course James Chester headed over to China he had a weird kind of routine where he'd wake up at 3am just to normalize the time and uh yeah they got beaten in the final of the China Cup by Uruguay uh, at least they got somewhere and uh best thing mate international break no injuries but Robert Snodgrass wasn't in the Scotland picture and that is very strange no he wasn't you wonder whether that has anything to do with Alex McLeish having a little bit of a vendetta against Aston Villa no but I'm joking I think Scotland as well. Uh, no Alan Hutton in there either. Obviously, Alan Hutton retired from international duty a while ago. But it's one of those things where it seems that Alex McLeish is going on a little bit of a Scotland first mission, isn't he? Where he's trying to bring in players from the Scottish Premiership. And there's a lot of uh, young players, obviously, from, from Celtic and Rangers who are getting in that Scotland side. And I can only say that that could be a good thing for Scottish football. Uh, because I, you, you do look at teams like Celtic and, and wonder if some of their players don't really get to play at much of a of a high standard and never really do get to improve. So uh, if they if they're playing for uh, Scotland and uh, getting game time, then it, then it's good. I think they got defeated in the first game and then uh, lost one nil to uh, to Hungary, a Hungary side of course, which uh, includes Zoltan Stiber. Yeah, of DC United, uh, there's former villains everywhere, it seems like. Um, one man who will soon be a former villain, mate, is uh, Gabby Agbonnell, who has been at Villa 17 years since he joined the club as a, a as a young graduate. Uh, similar to Jack Grealish, you know, these players join at under six, under eight, and they uh, spend a lot of time at the club. Gabby, of course, an Erdington native, um, Brummie-born. He hasn't had, you know, uh, what can I say about Gabby Agbonnell, um, but Aston Villa won't be renewing his contract at the end of the season. And I think that's the only thing, that's the only outcome that I could have possibly thought of. I don't think signing him again to a new contract would have done us any favours. Despite how much I adore the man due to uh, providing me personally some of my best Villa memories. And he's off the pitch work. Of course, you know, you can't ignore that when you're talking about the man. But it looks like it's over for Gabby at Villa. Yeah, I think it's, again, you can't keep on making a career at a club out of sentiment. Now, uh, I'm not going to say that I have anything against Gabby as a person. I'm not going to question his his routine. I think it's a case of he's been here a long time. He's never really had like a refresh in his career. Uh, it's, it's got onto the point really where you think that like, a lot of players drop off. He's not the only player to you know not be of that Premier League standard anymore. You know, having have, having been at that standard, so I'm not going to quite. Yeah, again, I'm not going to question him and call him lazy like a lot of people have done. Uh, but it's a case of look, Gabby, he's he's not good enough anymore uh, for the level that we want to get to. Obviously, we need to move forward. We want to get into the Premier League, 
and he's not scoring goals in the championship. Yes, he's you know scored a couple of decent goals when he has come on in the in the last couple of years. But I think it's a case now for Gabby to either drop down a division, play some football, and perhaps even make it back up to the championship. Or I think now uh, might even be a case of just stepping out and saying, right, that's that's that. Um, I, I do hope he gets a testimonial as well because he's, he's been with us for a long time. Yeah, of course. And I mean, even though it's not a write-off, is it? Look at all the players in Neil Warnock's Cardiff side, a bunch of no-mark write-offs, um, outcasts, misfits, players that weren't good enough. And look what he's made them into. And, you know, if he can find a team like that, a, a team that will give him a second chance and a team that he's motivated to play for, there's every reason. You know, there's no reason why he can't because look at what Cardiff are doing with the team they have. That being said, mate, it does look like a move to Major League Soccer might be an option. I'm not sure if he's at Zlatan Ibrahimovic's level, who has moved to LA Galaxy, of course. But I mean, Carlos Vela's over there and he got he was a baggies reject. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips made himself an absolute superstar over there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he, he, he's, he's got he's got all the chances in the world. I think even Ricardo Fuller went over and, and did a decent job, didn't he? Yeah, of course. And I think there was Omar Cummings, the Jamaican striker who failed a trial at Aston Villa, but uh, still did decently for the Colorado Rapids. So I think there's a small to mid-market team that would take a Bangalore happily and pay him 20 grand a week. Nice. You know, it, you know, the league isn't this pub league like people make it out to be. Though You can just turn up and score 30 goals. I think you do have to apply yourself and you do have to be professional. You can't just turn up. And uh, the players who've made a fist of it, like Bradley Wright Phillips, for example, you know, all the success in the world. Juan Pablo Angal is another perfect example of a, a decent quality player who's went over there and succeeded. If you apply yourself, why not? And uh, I think there's a number of teams who would look at him because he's a popular player. He's a player. He's, a, he's got a big reputation in England, despite the fact that he hasn't played consistently. You've got to remember 10 years ago, his, uh, that performance against Germany for the England national team, you know, all these things add up into the build that career of experience that you can look back on and go, we've brought someone in. And teams have brought in people like Simon Dawkins who don't have that, who don't not have that. It's almost marketability. Not going to be able to market shirts off Gabby, but he's still got a lot more than some of the people they bring in. Yeah, I, I do wonder what an extended career at striker would, would hold for Gabby Ekbonlahoy. He's not going to get that at Aston Villa purely because of the fact that we have so many much better strikers and because Gabby has gone through so many inconsistent patches where he hasn't been scoring. But people forget that there was a time, and I will happily take the criticism for saying this, but people forget that there was a time when Gabby Ekbonlahoy was good enough for England and he was in the best form um, of, of, of any other English striker at one point. You know, he was banging in goals in the Premier League. You don't do that just by being a pace merchant, quote unquote. You know, there, there is talent there. Exactly. And uh, what what I will go is that game he played against Germany was, that was a, a game that should have made a name for him. Unfortunately, and he never really kicked on for England, but that game against Germany, he had a goal disallowed and he terrorised them. You know, this, this world-class team. And it's a shame that, I think it was the comfort that has killed him. You know, you you need that pressure, and Gabby has he's been fed contracts. He's never been, you know, he's had a place in the team. He's never been dropped because of form until like recently. You know, last three years he's only been dropped for form in the last three or four years, mate. And uh, seventeen year career, you know what I mean? He's, he's he's always been comfort at Aston Villa. There's always been a role for him that he hasn't had to work that hard for compared to other players. So my my theory, mate, is did the comfort at Aston Villa kill Gabby's career at Villa 
I, I think you you could look at that and, and say, yeah, I, I, look, there, there's there's strikers like Scott Hogan, for example, who who recreated his career out of the fact that he was under pressure, and that was earlier on during the season. When you look at him as an example, when. Scott Hogan uh, first got back into the side and first got, uh, you know, his, his eyes back set in the team. He said, well, look, I don't want to lose my place anymore. I want to keep on scoring goals. And he did start banging them in. Uh, you do get players who get, you know, kicked out the side, come back and keep, you know, obviously put in big performances. Alan Hutton's been another one of them this season as well. Now with Gabby Ekbonlahor, you wonder if he's just a bit too far gone because it's not like he's you know, been off the scene for a year or something and, 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 and having to bring back form. He's been off the scene for a few years now. And because of that, I do feel as though uh, that comfort being in the team and, and not having to go out on loan anywhere. Uh, yeah, it's done him a world of bad, really. And essentially, that's why he can't compete at this level anymore. Yeah, strikers like Louis Scrabban, who are, you know, have all those average attributes just to be a footballer they really do kick on because they have to constantly fight for a contract what he's doing now is fighting for a contract at Aston Villa and Gabby's never had to do that and that's no discredit to the man but it's just a he's always been in a comfortable position the king of Villa almost he's always had a striker or, or winger role at the club that's never been taken off him and uh now I think it's the right decision to let him go and I'm not too unhappy at how his villa career has actually turned out to be quite honest a lot of people would say that he didn't make the grade but i think when you look at especially the years before 2012 you know he he was uh everything to the team for a while especially when uh in, in martin o'neill's era and maybe maybe we should have got five more years out of him but things don't turn out those the way we want it turns out the way that it actually happens so I'm not too disappointed with how everything's turned out. Maybe you should have been a man to lead us to an FA Cup or, you know, the Champions League. But it was Gabby Agbonlahor, you know, a striker from Erdington. And at the end of the day, he's uh, fulfilled a childhood dream to turn out for Villa and provide Villa fans with some of their best memories, mate. Um, constant goals against Birmingham City, especially last year's one. What a moment that was to, you know, come on after a timeout and scrap that goal in. It's like a Renaissance photo, or Renaissance painting, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, oh, that photo when he scored it is it's glorious, and he's provoked. You could, a lot of people would ignore that because he's not Lewis Graben or Keenan Davis or Jonathan Culture, and he's not scoring twenty goals a year. But he scores that one important goal, and hey, football isn't always about winning; it's about the story that we've made, and we have had a story from Gabby Agbonlahor, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And and like I said, right, not no one can sit here and say they know exactly what would happen if Gabby was given a run as a striker. Uh, as a lead striker for any team in the championship. We don't know that. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't have worked with us, you know, purely because we work um, with, you know, obviously creative players and, and we, we don't necessarily lead with a, with a pacey striker anymore. Um, but yeah, he could have done the job for, for another side in the championship. And um, I do think he's had a decent career for us, Gabby. Uh, and when we look back, it's always going to be the case of of looking at him and thinking he should not have bulked up in the gym so much uh, because that pace was one of his key attributes. Um, and yeah, I think I think all his other attributes, uh, you know, his, his confidence in front of goal, um, the, the, the fact that he does take on defenders as well, um, I think all of them were boosted by that pace. And I don't think he's ever really got that confidence that that he had 
you know, as you say, pre-2012. Um, so, yeah, I think it is a time for him to move on and, yeah, be the leading man somewhere. It really is now a ending of an era at Villa Park, regardless of whether the club get promoted or not. But speaking of promotion, mate, um, we do have a game tomorrow. Um, we do have, only have a f- small set of games left as a Villa enter the final run, that gauntlet of championship games. <laughs> now that starts tomorrow against Hall City. A Hall City side that, damn, I won't write off, mate. And I'm not writing them off either. They, they, they've obviously been desperate. They've been, they've been fighting at the bottom of the table. They've not been very good, right? Just, to, just to, just to be honest. But uh, they have got Nigel Adkins in charge over there. Nigel Adkins, of course, who did uh, do a really good job um, taking Southampton, uh, if I remember correctly, up to the Premier League. Uh, and he, he always is in and around the the, the playoffs uh, with with his teams. Uh, I do believe as well, if Hull City do stay up this season, Nigel Adkins will take them to the playoffs next season. But uh, enough of that. Uh, looking at this, you know, he, they, they, they've got 13 points from the last eight games. Now, that's not a relegation side's um, form. No. form. No, not at all. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not good. It's not great whatsoever but this is an this is a whole side which has been taking absolute batterings all season because they haven't had their key man Abel Hernandez available but now thrashed by Birmingham City but uh, before that they they obviously um thrashed Ipswich Town they they scored four goals against Norwich City as well uh they they're one of those teams which you don't quite know uh, which of them is going to turn up at Old City tomorrow you know away you know you got you can't write them off no, you can't, especially if you've got Jared Bowen on the wing, their top scorer with 14-odd goals. And of course, Abel Hernandez, one of Uruguay's World Cup players back in uh, 2014. He's at championship level. When you've got players like that, you don't you don't write the team off because there's the game changers. As we know through Jonathan Codger, you just need that one player who's going to score that one goal to change the game. And Hull have got two of them. And uh, I mean, Villa... You could look at it, Villa's first eleven and say, "Yeah, we've got game changers all over the side." But it, it's who comes out top on the day, and if uh, Villa give chances up to Bowen and Hernandez, uh, it's going to be like the Bolton game, isn't it? Except the snow, there'll be no yeah, snow. Yeah. Look, Jar- Jared Bowen's been been lethal this season, but yeah, I, I'm honestly, I'm more afraid, and uh, I'm more afraid of Abel Hernandez. Uh, you know, he's 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 been injured so far, uh, so much this season, and he's and he's recently come back, but he scored six goals in just four home league games as well. Uh, so he's always going to be a danger man, and I, if I remember correctly, he always seems to turn up against Aston Villa. Think of if 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 you don't know what kind of player Abel Hernandez is, think Jonathan Codger with a left foot, and uh, he's been consistent um, every year he's played in the Championship. There's no reason he should be at this level. Uh, and the other thing to remember is that Hull City actually have quite decent home form. They've only lost one of their previous uh, ten home matches all. Uh, all season. Hull City are not a team you can write off simply because they are fighters. You know, they entered the last Premier League season when Steve Bruce left with about 13 players, including youth team. You know what? <laughs> they fought all season to stay up under Marco Silva, especially. They eventually got relegated and they're still fighting now to stay up. And they've, of course, got one eye over their shoulder at the relegation zone, especially after giving three points up to Birmingham City. There might be a protest, mate, because their fans are not at all happy with the ownership and how the club is being run. Yeah, well, they shouldn't be. I mean, the it's it's they 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 they're one of those sides as well, which they don't spend money, do they? When 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 they're supposed to, um, 
you know, they, they, the, 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 one of the reasons why they got relegated from the Premier League was because they just did not improve their side. Uh, obviously, that's why Steve Bruce left them originally. But even this season, you have to wonder why the players are not turning up. Uh, yeah, I, 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 do, you know, do you know a lot more about their ownership? I mean, I used to sit next to a whole City fan at work, but um, I'm not, I can't pinpoint what the exact issue is. It's just a uh, complete lack of. Uh, it seems like Blackpool, like a team with uh, you know from a smaller market, you know, Hull City have languished around the bottom. You know, res- in all due respect, around the third and second division for a long time, and of course they've had uh, fits and starts with administration and liquidation and stuff. So Hull have always been fighting. You know, you, if there's one thing you want to say about Hull City, it's fight because they're a, they're a club who seem to have constantly had their backs against the walls until very recently. And now it seems to be dipping that way. The Alums who own the club, um, very much like Vincent Tan at Cardiff, but a bit more sinister. You know, Vincent Tan, I believe, had the best intentions when he uh, turned the club red and started painting the chairs red and having a dragon. I think he had the best intentions. Whereas whole City's owners, the Alums, seem to have just copied Vincent Tan's idea to market the club. Uh, they want to change the name, change the badge, and remove most of the history around the club. And when the fans fought back, they decided not to bother of the club, it looks like there is uh, almost all that warfare between the owners of Hulk City and the fans. The fans have been in constant protest on their television games, throwing tennis balls on the pitch and turning their backs to the field. They've done also. They brought whistles and they blew whistles on a certain minute. Um, it seems to be a dire situation there, and I can't believe the team are as fighting as well in the league as they are, mate. Yeah, I've just looked this up as well, and and it seems to be that the, I mean, I just, there's there's an interview that 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 was te- was that was done like last month by by Asim Alam, um, who's oh, sorry Echab Alam, who's obviously the vice chairman of the club. Um, I'm presuming obviously um a relative of Asim Alam. Yeah, it's his son. Um, and, and it's his son, right? Uh, so yeah, it, it seems to be that the issue is uh one of the circum one of the things is the circumstances of Steve Bruce's departure as um sorry as manager over there. Uh, that will have been to do with with transfer funds. Um. The, also the exit strategy to sell the club. Obviously, they, they 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 are trying to sell the club, but it seems a lot like the Randy Lerner issue, where it just seems like they can't, but uh, you know they can't move it away, and that's probably because they want to make a small profit out of it. Um, and yeah, also the handling of the club's finances as well. Um, obviously, one of those things that is criticised is the Ryan Mason transfer, which cost £13 million, pounds, um, but is now being paid in like instalments as well. So they're still paying for uh, transfers they did a couple of years ago. But yeah, uh, as you say, no no club is ever going to respond uh, well to you know having their name changed. Uh, yeah, you're right though. They're fighting. They're fighting well now. I, I, I didn't ever have any doubts about them staying up. Um, then they're not Sunderland as bad as their situation is. I genuinely would compare this situation a little bit to us last season. Hull City next season will be right back up there. Uh, and you can always trust Sebastian Larson to score a free kick against Aston Villa. Of course you can. Of course you can. Hull City are to be, uh, I wouldn't say I worry too much, but I wouldn't treat them with kid gloves. Any predictions for the match, mate? Look, I think now... With Villa, uh, I've been saying that the, that the whole point for us is now to get some momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think there's any hope of us catching up Cardiff City now at this point, unfortunately. Uh, I think Hull are going to give us a right game at home. They do well at home. 
And they're not an awful side, as you say. Nigel Adkins will have them set up quite well. Henriksen and Seb Larsen in that midfield. And then you think of Abel Hernandez, very, very, um, very much a sort of player that likes to come at defenders. Uh, when we do have strikers who try to do that, they tend to do fairly well against us. Uh, and I will go with a 1-1 draw. Perfect, mate. Um, I think it wouldn't be the worst case scenario, but I just can't bear another loss. I think it'll be a 2-1 to Villa and it'll be a scrappy affair. Hall looking to counter on the break. Um, but I'll, t- I'll take it. Honestly, it sounds crap. I'll take a draw, to be honest. Um, as long as it's not the third loss in a row and it can't come against Hull. Um, I sit next to a Hull fan at work, so I don't want that as well. One final note, mate. Jonathan Codger is in the mm. match day squad for tomorrow. What do you make of that? Yeah, he ain't coming on. <laughs> I have I have no I I have no doubt that he's going to stay on the bench. Um if I mean if he does come on he'll come on for like 5 minutes or something like that. Uh, obviously Steve Bruce has now assessed him and thought right he's, he's fit enough to, to to get on the bench. Uh and I think it's good for him to to travel with the team. It's another case of right let's get him back in the back in the field for for competitive football and Hey, if we are sort of two or three nil up by the 80th minute, it wouldn't hurt to try and sharpen Jonathan Codger up a little bit. I think the other thing that having Jonathan Codger does, uh, or having Jonathan Codger on the bench does, uh, it tells Lewis Graben and Scott Hogan, you know, lace up your boots and make sure that you're scoring goals because, uh, you know, our prize asset is waiting on the bench, ready to pounce on that uh, first place striking position. Yeah, and hopefully it isn't the Tigers who are pouncing on us tomorrow, mate. Um, thank you very much for uh, joining me today, Daniel. It's been a it's been a while, but we'll be back Sunday, I think. And um, preview, we'll be back in almost instantly. Yeah, um, yeah. Previewing, well, reviewing that uh, whole game, and uh, looking forward to Reading and the matches to follow. So uh, once again, thank you very much for listening. It has been a while, but uh, hopefully you are here for us for the uh, final run. So yeah, thanks once more for listening to the whole cast, and we'll catch you soon, very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>